Well, I don't know about you, but I could use some encouraging news. And uh, because I, we could use some encouraging news, I'm not going to just make stuff up. <laughs> but the Lord is, is really showing me in his word just some really encouraging stuff that applies to us right now. Um, Brother Chris was praying about how God never works the same way, and, and it's so true. It's like if you can figure something out, you, you know it's not God, because he, he works in such mysterious ways. But at the same time, when you look at His Word, you see these patterns that the Lord works in. And so many times, when God is working in one way, and even speaking through His prophets, He's foreshadowing things that will come later on. And so, there are things in Scripture where prophets spoke, and He was speaking to particular people, but yet He was foreshadowing things that would come later on, even now in the times that we live in. And so I want to talk about some of those things. But first of all, before we get to the, the good stuff, I, we need to talk about what God is doing right now. Uh, at the men's retreat this weekend, John Cook was speaking and he was talking about being in a wilderness. And he was talking about his own walk. And as he talked about it, it really hit my heart because it's exactly where I feel. I feel uh, that I'm in this wilderness. And this morning what we're going to talk about is the scattering. Uh, scripture talks about a scattering both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And I feel like the church, and I feel like my own heart has been in a scattering. I mean, when you look at the American church, there has been an intense scattering, okay? I mean, I have uh, come in here into some services and wondered where everybody was at <laughs> because the church was scattered. And, and not only that, but in my own heart, I, I just wanted to run. <laughs> I just wanted to be like, this is so ridiculous. I, I, just, I just wanted to give up. But this morning, we're going to look in Scripture and we're going to look at followers of Jesus that were in that exact same place. And I want you to know that the Lord didn't reject them. The Lord didn't reject them. He stayed with them and He brought them back together. And when He brought them back together, this is what I want you to hear. The church exploded in powerful ways. And the reason is, is because they were more open to Holy Spirit than they were before. The only way that we can accomplish anything, Scripture tells us this, is that when we, um, when Jesus is living through us, that's the only way. You and I cannot do anything. But it takes a crushing and a pressing for us to get to the point that we let God have it. Because so many times we want to do things in our own ways. We have pride. We think we know better than God. And it takes a crushing to get to the point where we just say, okay God, you just have your way. As Debbie was saying, my way is not working. And so I want to tell you this morning that it's not easy, okay? But I want to tell you that God is doing some good stuff. All right, there are two main scriptures that I 
I want to look at this morning. The first one is in Matthew 26. That's where we're going to go first. But in Matthew 26, we're going to find that Jesus quotes an Old Testament prophet. And so we're also going to go back to that Scripture in a little bit. But first of all, Matthew 26, beginning in verse 31... And this is before the crucifixion has happened. Uh, This is at the time that that Jesus has been performing numerous miracles, that His disciples are walking with them, He's teaching them, He's showing them um, how to minister, and there's just all kinds of good stuff, and there's excitement about what's happening with Jesus and so on, and excitement about what's happening in the church. Okay, When I say church, I'm talking about the people that are following Jesus. There's all this excitement. And then Jesus drops some bombs. <laughs> and he says in verse 31, Tonight all of you will desert me. <laughs> okay, you're, you're ruining things, Lord. We were on a roll. Things were great. And then he says, You will all desert me. For the Scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now, when I have read that in the past, I just kind of read right over it because I knew the context. The context was Jesus is about to be crucified. And my mind said, okay, he's just telling them that he's about to be crucified. And, you know, that, and that's just really all I got. But I don't want you to miss what he just said. He just said, you're all going to desert me And everyone is going to scatter. Listen, we have been through a scattering. Okay? Now, this is the choice that you always have. The choice that you always have is to just look for physical, logical reasons for the things that are happening, or to look and say, God, what are you doing through this? Okay? I mean, there are numerous times through Scripture this happens. You know, thunder, you know, comes and, and you know, some people hear the voice of the Lord and some people are like, oh, that was just thunder, you know, that, that, that's all that was. Well, right now, there's been a scattering. And you can say, oh, well, that's just for these physical reasons of this, this, and this. Listen, <laughs> right here, it talks about the fact that God was going to do this. God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now see, if you were living in that time, you could say, well, yeah, that that happened because, you know, Jesus was crucified and so on. Listen, this was God moving through the physical to bring about a scattering. The scattering had purpose. What was the purpose of the scattering? Well, before the scattering, you had the disciples following Jesus, and they're learning all kinds of stuff, and they're excited about things, but there's all this junk inside of them that we see come out. They fight about who's the greatest. I know none of us would ever do that, because we only think about other people. We don't think about ourselves. But, you know, those, those disciples, they were doing that. They were fighting over, you know, who was the greatest, and they were worried that one was getting more attention than the other. I, I mean, I, I just can't even relate to those things. You know, it's right there in the Scripture. Okay, so they're going through those things. Well, that's what they're going through before the scattering. But here's the thing. After the scattering, after the scattering, when they come back, I mean, their world has been turned upside down. 
I mean, they are kind of like, gee, all the things that I thought were real or not real, and the things that I thought were not real are real. I mean, everything was turned upside down for them. But here's what it did for them. It brought their hearts to a place where they were completely open to the Lord. They were no longer wanting to walk in their old ways. And what happened from that? Well, what happened was, they came to God and they just sought Him. And God answered their prayer and the Holy Spirit came. And all of a sudden, people who were once fighting over who was the greatest and people who had all kinds of junk inside of them that they were ruled by, those things were gone and they became different people. But before we get to the different people, here's the thing. You've got to go through the crushing first. And the crushing brings out the things that you've been trying to hide. Peter is one of those unfortunate souls that's brought out before us. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. Peter is all of us. Because all of the disciples would scatter. All of the disciples would deny Jesus. But Peter is the one that gets quoted for us. The poor guy. But here's the thing. What happened there was there was this crushing and this pressing, and Peter had been trying to maintain a facade, but God knew what was in his heart. And God allowed the circumstances to come about to bring out what was in his heart. Why? Because he wants to embarrass Peter? No. Because that thing would stand in the way of who God created Peter to be, and he needed to bring it out so he could get it out so that Peter could become the leader that he would be. I, I want to read part of that. 32 says, But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. 33 says, But Peter declared, Even if everyone else deserts you. I will never desert you. And Jesus calmly replies. He doesn't actually say calmly. I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. Now here's the thing. Peter honestly cannot imagine that he would ever do this. But I got to tell you, the things that I have seen in the last year, I could not imagine would happen. I couldn't imagine it. But God could and God knew. And God was actually behind because He allowed things to happen, okay? He's allowing things to happen just like this. Now, now, we know that like with the crucifixion, it says that, that God would strike the shepherd. Now, we know that, that it was the enemy, Satan, working through people like the Pharisees and so on. But God's behind it all. God allows it all because God's going to use it for His purposes. So right now, the enemy's working among us, okay? And he's using um, things in us that are not completely given over to God. He's using it to bring about a scattering just like He did there. And Peter is like, no way! Yes way. Why? Not because God wants to embarrass Peter. 
Because God needs to bring it out. Because Peter will not address it. Peter keeps hiding from it, acting like it's not there. Maybe he doesn't even know it's there. God's going to bring it out. Why? Because then he can be healed of it. And then he can get to the place where he actually will not deny the Lord. Because that's where he's going to get to. Because history teaches us that he would be martyred. Because he would not deny his faith. But here we find out he would. He would deny it three times. Because again, what was about to happen, he could not imagine. Why does God work in that way? I don't know fully, okay? Why, why didn't God give us some preparation for the things that were coming, you know, so that we could prepare our hearts and kind of get a game plan and so on? I don't know. It has something to do with faith. <laughs> something to do with learning to just lean into God and not our own schemes and plans for getting things done. But I want to tell you that God has good purposes. Where this is also expressed is the scripture that Jesus is uh, referring to here that comes out of the book of the prophet of Zechariah. Zechariah 13, 7. 7 through 9. Um, Jesus is referring to these words because here's the deal. These words did apply to Jesus but they were spoken in the Old Testament and they not only foreshadowed Jesus and spoke to Jesus, but it also spoke to a time after Judah had been exiled. After the Jewish people had been exiled, the scripture we're going to read, it applies to them and it applies to Jesus. And I believe it applies to us as well in what God is doing in us. 13.7 says this, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, the man who is my partner, says the Lord of the heaven's armies. So I want you to hear this. God's behind it. God's behind it. The enemy's in the midst of it? Absolutely. Is the enemy using people who don't love God? Absolutely. But God's behind it and he has got good things in store. What are the good things? Let's read on. Strike down the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered and I will turn against the lambs. Two-thirds of the people in the land will be cut off and die, says the Lord. Now that's talking about the people who were following God at that time. They were going to be exiled, okay? And two-thirds are going to die. That's heavy casualties, when you look at the church right now, there are heavy casualties. Heavy. Why would God do that? Because it's needed. But one third will be left in the land. I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure. I will refine them with silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, these are my people and they will say, the Lord God. But did it really take two-thirds? Here is part of our problem. We do not believe how dark evil really is. When you go back to the crucifixion, those disciples were blown away that Jesus was killed by the religious leaders. Why? Because they did not believe how dark evil really was. 
They were blown away. That Jesus being crucified, that these religious leaders would literally kill him, they couldn't believe it. Why? Because they thought that the religious leaders just kind of disagreed with them a little bit. Oh, yep, they're, I mean, they're good guys. They believe in God. Yeah, I know that we got this thing where we believe Jesus is the Messiah and they don't, but I mean, they're pretty good people. Listen, that's us right now. We're like, oh, I know that, you know, this person and this person, uh, you know, they, they disagree on some things about the Word, and, you know, they don't really seem to be giving their heart to Jesus, but, you know, they seem to believe in God, and I think they're pretty good people. And we just don't believe it. Even though throughout history it gets played over and over and over. Here's what was interesting. Okay, so it says two-thirds would die, right? I've told you this before, so I, I, I'm reading through uh, this biography on Bonhoeffer, and it's just so amazing because there, there's all these letters. You know, back then they didn't text. <laughs> they, they wrote things down in letters, which is great because we've got it all. And so you get to hear his heart. I mean, he was writing letters all the time. And as he's writing these letters, it's sharing what's in his heart through each stage of, of everything that's, that, that's going on. And so it, it, it talks about the struggles that were going on in the church. And what's so interesting is that in the church, um, when you know, Hitler first rose to power, which by the way, when he first rose to power, you know, uh, it was okay for a while. There wasn't war for seven years. But immediately these little things started to happen. He comes in... And he starts to try to communicate to the church that there is a certain race that's bad. And that race was the Jewish people. <laughs> now this is so insane because the, the, the whole Old Testament <laughs> is about, you know, Hebrew people, the Jewish people. I mean, Jesus was a Jew. How, I mean, how does that compute? But that's literally what he did. He brought that in, and what's so crazy is it divided the church, and the church began to scatter. I mean, Bonhoeffer was one of those people that stood up and said, you know what, this is crazy. Anybody who embraces that does not following the Lord. But i got to tell you, most people didn't gather around him. Most people are like, well, we don't want to be judgmental. You know, those people are, st that's still the church. They just got a little bit different view. <laughs> that's craziness. But that's what happened. There was the scattering. And you know what? Today we see some of that. We see people trying to divide other race. There are two races. There are the children of Abraham and those who are not. And the children of Abraham are those who through faith follow Jesus. That's it. But the enemy's coming in and, he, and he's trying to divide. We're, we're seeing it replayed. But what was so interesting as I read that, because once again, the, the reason he was able to do all that he did is because people will not believe how dark evil is. We think we're okay. And here in America, we, we don't see war. I mean, some of us have been overseas and seen some things. But here, you know, we don't see it. We're all good. And so we don't believe how dark evil really is. We're like, it's okay. You know, they disagree with us a little bit, but, but we're okay. We're going to get along. That's what they thought. But here's what's so interesting. So this says 
that two-thirds of the Jews were killed. As I was reading and researching, guess how many Jews Hitler, Hitler killed in Europe? Two-thirds. Two-thirds. And I'm like, God, what? why? And I don't have all the answers, but here's what I want to tell you. Because we are really messed up and we will not fully turn over to God. And we try to walk this line of good and evil and we will not recognize that there is evil and there is good and there is no in-between. We, we, we're always trying to maintain this, well, I believe in God, they believe in God, but we're not fully given over. And over and over in Scripture, you see God's not okay with that. You're either His or you're not. And so He allows really hard things to come about. Here's, what, here's another thing that's so interesting as I read about Bonhoeffer. Early on, he came from a family that some of them walked with God and some of them didn't. He was the son of a world-famous psychiatrist that honestly didn't follow the Lord, okay? But on his mom's side, there were preachers and pastors, a lot of people that follow the Lord. And early on in his life, you see this mixture in him. He's really kind of, he mixes in with what you'd call liberal theologians that really didn't believe the Word of God was the Word of God. And it just, you see this mixture, but as he grows and as he goes through trials and, and he sees the scattering of the church, what you see is this rising up, rising up, rising up. He is brought to a crossroads over and over. And you know what? You and I are in the same place. We're being brought to a crossroads over and over. And we have to choose. Where do we go? Do we go with God or do we go with ourselves? And God does it on purpose. Not to expose things to embarrass us but he does it to expose things so that we can reject them and turn to the Lord. And what you see over and over is that over and over, Bonhoeffer would choose. I'm not going to say perfectly, but over and over, the pattern is he kept moving towards the Lord, moving towards the Lord. And I'm reminded, another thing John Cook said this week, weekend was, following the Lord may end badly for you. Well, in the world's eyes, it ended badly for Bonhoeffer. He was killed. And it didn't have to be that way. He had friends that got him out of Germany over here into the U.S. He had a, a paid position. I mean, he had, uh, you know, clout. and I mean, he had it all. But inside, he was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And so he went back. He went back and he became a spy. At that time, he had very few friends. Some people in the church rejected him because of his spiritual views. Others rejected him because of his involvement in a plot to assassinate Hitler. I mean, he, he just, but he kept following where the Lord was leading him. And through that, we have the teachings, okay, that are not different from Scripture. They're just reemphasizing Scripture about what it means to really follow God is where the Lord is taking us. But here's the good news. The good news is, and I want to read back over some of these things. I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure. God's going to make you pure. But it's going to take a fire. I will refine them like silver and purify them 
like gold. That's where we're going if we continue on the path. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say these are my people and they will say the Lord is our God. When Jesus quoted this to his disciples, he said, okay, there's some really bad stuff going to happen, but, but, but listen up. I'm going to go ahead of you and I'm going to meet you after it's over. Listen, I don't know where this that we're going through all leads and all that, but I know that Jesus is up ahead and he's waiting and he's saying, come. And I know that as we move forward and we move closer to him, just like in the new church, there was an infilling of the Holy Spirit in a way that they had not experienced before because they were completely surrendered and they saw God move in their lives and in others' lives and there was revival that came about. I believe that God is bringing about revival. But unfortunately, what we want with revival is we want no repentance and we just want to move to the good. <laughs> But in order for revival to happen, there is some hard stuff that has to happen. And right now, we're walking through it. But my encouragement is, see, here's the thing. I don't want to speak untruth to you. I don't want to tell you, you know, try to paint something that's not real. We are in the middle of a scaring. We are in the middle of a pressing. But, but here's the thing. I'm saying to you, walk it out. There's good stuff coming. Don't be those people that lay down. You know, you, you could look to, you know, the... the Hebrews that were in the wilderness going to the promised land. As they were going through the hard times, so many of them gave up and they never saw the promised land. Don't be those people. Don't be the two-thirds. You have to choose. I can't choose for you. Don't be the two-thirds. Choose to trust God. Choose to move forward. When He brings stuff out of you like He did Peter, acknowledge it. And, and I know that's easy to say. I was thinking this as we were worshiping. I was just thinking how it's, it's so amazing how we can see the, and I know I've said this many times, but we see so clearly the issues of our brothers and sisters, but we can't see our own. And that goes for me. That goes for all of us. But it's just so, it's like, why well, can't you see that? <laughs> you know? And you just want to shake somebody, but then you would get shaked too, because they're like, why can't you see this? But God is able out of his goodness, to lead us through things that bring it out. And you know what? God already knew it was there, okay? He's just waiting for you to acknowledge it. That's what he did with Peter. He already knew it was there, but he had to get Peter to the point that Peter would acknowledge it. Because until you acknowledge it, you cannot be set free. There's no freedom, no salvation without repentance. Don't be afraid of what God's going to show you. And when he does, repent and allow God to bring about the goodness that he wants to bring about. I pray that that would happen for you today. That, that whatever it is, whatever God's, because he's bringing stuff out of me, okay? I, I hope I'm not the only one. Take that before the Lord today and allow him to do something good. Lord, um,